Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB. Brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB. All the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets on the 8th of May. Hard to believe already. I know, isn't it just? And uh, of course, Kyle Rodder with Nadine Blaney. And it's been a pretty positive start to the week. It's hard to tell a story around it, I think, after that data on uh, Friday night out of the United States. But hey, good news is good news, it would seem, in this situation. Um, maybe we'll take a look at where the CBO 200 closed. Yeah, good news is good news because you're referring to the US jobs data, mm. which, you know, when I first heard that number come, came, come through, I was thinking, oh no, this is going to be bad because the Fed's going to have to keep hiking such strong data. But then, you know, know, reality, well, that also means that there could potentially be, you know, a, a soft landing of sorts in the United States. And that seemed to be what was being endorsed by at least a couple of the Fed speakers that will be coming out all through this week. But whatever, we did get away from it. And what it meant was, you know, a really positive session here, close to a percentage point higher for the SIBO Australia index. And that was, I mean, last I checked, Kyle, that was even as we see E-MIDIs in the States, you know, turning a bit negative through this session. Slipping a bit. And yeah, I mean, I suppose we are still climbing a wall of worry because, you know, we're still talking about financial stability risk in the United States and our earnings season isn't over yet. But nevertheless, we look at today, a uh, really, really strong uh, session. And uh, I know we'll get to it in a little bit, but that Westpac news too was created, you know, positively overall. So the financials were pretty strong and that always helps. That's some of our themes. So we've got the banks as one of the major themes because we still do have Commonwealth Bank reporting yep. its quarterly tomorrow. Um, but we also have, of course, the budget tomorrow, counting down to that. And uh, lithium, lithium was a bit of a theme. So we'll, we'll carry that theme on as we move through this, the COB. But yes. um, energy was the best performing sector today. And that's despite some of the budget measures that uh, are looking to, well, to, I suppose, try to recoup <laughs> some more significant taxpayer dollars from some of these big energy players that are, um, you know, that are feeding the global system. Yeah, definitely. And um, well, again, it's that um, relief rally, I suppose you could say, in some of those cyclical areas of the market that are helping our local energy players out, despite perhaps some of those fiscal headwinds the area or the sector could potentially face. Um, but I guess it's uh, conveyed to in the miners today and uh, also looking reasonably positive, in fact. Really positive, is no, that that's, right? That's, no, that can't be, can't right. be right. If that's right, then Hang I, on a second. <laughs> I think that the ASX has probably just hit a record high and we can all go on <laughs> yeah. the, uh, um, So we might no. just okay, look, case, move that, on that, that actually, one. that's not right, yeah, because we've got BHP up by 1.7%, so good, but not that good. Take it off the screen. We've got yeah, we Fortescue. Go. <laughs> <laughs> off we go. Not that one. Yeah, we've got Fortescue up by 2%. But yeah, the gold miners uh, lower. 
today. Uh oh, I think I'm getting the giggles. Um, and oh. as far as the miners go, Linus was in focus today yeah. because it was actually the best performer pretty much all through the day on the 200, mm. uh, up by 12% by the end of it all because it had that extension to its op you know license to operate essentially in Malaysia until January of 2024. Okay, so huge. That's a, a massive development there as well, I suppose. It uh, also plays into, again, like you said before, that uh, lithium story, which we'll dig into as well. And I mean, I've been spending a lot of the weekend watching the boxing, actually. And I can imagine Goldman Sachs in the one quarter, Morgan Stanley in another. <laughs> Goldman constantly trying to talk down the space. Morgan Stanley says, no, hang on a second, we're going to punch back. And uh, a broken note basically out today on a couple of names. And you can see the, uh, the strength in the sector there uh, rebounding after, well, it was some weakness last week. Yeah, Morgan Stanley was out with a note saying that basically supply demand dynamics are moving in favor of the price. You know, we know that prices have been bouncing, um, but it says that sentiment is improving, inventory's down. It's saying that supply growth has not come through to the same extent as we had potentially been expecting. So that really did, you know, light a fire underneath a lot of those lithium shares here today. And in fact, I picked, I was, I was on the call today. It was fun. Nathan Simmonson down from Deep Data Analytics. And we also had Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. So I said to them, I didn't, I wasn't very prescriptive with the stock of the day. I said, okay, if lithium's the story, mm -hmm. if lithium is what we're going with, is there a company that you would be buying in the space? Here's what they had to say. Um, so in that context, I wouldn't be putting a lot in it. It's a trade, not an investment. In a, yeah, and I'd put a small amount and see how that plays out. Um, and it's the ones that are loss makers that's going to come into play because they've been beaten up the most. So you've got your CXO, um, GL1 that we were going to talk about. All of these ones are starting to move and they've been beaten up the most. So the, your risk return is much higher there. But of course, the risk is also high. Mm -hmm. So put in a little bit, see how it goes. That's how I'd approach it. I'm not looking at lithium sector um, at the moment as an investment play. Just to give the bigger picture play, BHP turned it down, and in the last month, Rio turned it down too. So that tells you the longer term dynamics. The big boys don't see uh, the supply demand working for them. But look, the market loves the turnaround story, and lithium is going to get a lot of love in the short term. So uh, in a diversified portfolio, at current levels, it is worth having a look at the space it could turn as quickly, um, it could fall as quickly as it's risen. But as you said, I, I don't think, um, I think it was Morgan Stanley, that won't be the only broker pounding the table in the next two weeks. It will get some traction. So now's probably as good a time as any to be looking at the lithium space. So Kyle, they did both give me a buy in the mm -hmm. lithium space, but it was a very begrudging sort of conversation. Really? Both of them were saying, look, we wouldn't be rushing into lithium right now. Really? Um, you know, Nathan was saying that's a trading idea with global lithium. Philip nice. saying, yeah, you have to be very nimble. You know, you do want to capture some of the upside. But but yeah, it wasn't like, yes, we love lithium. Oh. Let's go buy some lithium. You know who does love lithium? Take a wild guess. Kirk Cobain. <laughs> yes, uh, a guy that we know and love that hangs around here quite a bit. <laughs> Henry Jennings. Henry Jennings from Who Marcus also today. plays in a great rock band. He does told too. As well. Yeah, yeah, he does. So, anyways, um, he joined me on the small caps. Yeah. And yeah, I had to pick up the lithium theme with him. So here's what he had to say. Uh, Pilbara Minerals is certainly one that I've been following and have suggested on this program that uh, it's. No, it looks very, very interesting. Of course, it's no longer a small cap by any stretch of the imagination. You know, Liontown, uh, that bid there really sort of changed, I think, the dynamics in the industry. Also, of course, that, that move by Chile 
with the uh, nationalization going forward or potential uh, national participation in lithium also changes things as well because it does stop or hinder investment in the country. One company that I'm looking at, which again has done a uh, recent capital raise, is a stock called Latin Resources, which has a project in Brazil. Uh, Salinas is the project there. They've got a mineral resource estimate coming out in June, and it's May, so we're not far away from that. Uh, That will be a catalyst for a further push higher. They recently raised some money, 37 million bucks at 10.5 cents. Uh, it's com- currently trading around 13 and a half, 14 cents. So that one looks pretty interesting. There are some catalysts to come, and uh, they are funded to progress that DFS, the Definitive Feasibility Study, at Salinas. And, of course, they're in Brazil rather than Chile, which is good news uh, for them. So, uh, yes, do like uh, Latin resources at the moment, that's for sure. All right, Latin Resources may be a buying opportunity today because it is down by 3.7%. There was a okay. change in substantial holding there. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's there's one of the major themes from the day, which was lithium. Yes, indeed. And uh, well, let's get to that other theme because we flagged it before, which is uh, Westpac and the banks. Um, posting a really solid set of numbers. Yeah. Now, it's hard to always get a little bit of a read, I guess, on why the share price rally. So it got beaten up last week after NAB's results, um, mm-hmm. the whole sector uh, did, but seemed to be reasonably positive. And most of the analysts that we spoke to today uh, suggested that, you know, maybe there's some life in the uh, in the old dog yet. Yeah. So I saw a tweet by David Burthen Jones, who's joined us yes. on the program before. I keep meaning to give him a call to get him on again. But he was saying basically, um, you know, expectations were high for CBA and NAB. And so, of course, they disappointed. It's all about expectations. Mm. Uh, those expectations were reworked, I suppose, for ANZ and Westpac lower. And so they seem to have been beaten. But it was also interesting because Westpac has been under this big cost app program. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of obviously it's tooting its own horn, saying that it's, I think, taken a billion dollars out of costs since 2020 but it says from here it's not going to be focusing on you know that dollar figure it's rather going to try to improve the expense to income ratio relative to its peers rather than targeting that explicit figure but look positive positive session up by two percent uh, you know what I noticed today was that Macquarie was down hmm. by about 2% at one stage. Yeah, closed down by 1.8%. So interesting because, of course, the brokers have come in on Macquarie. And on the day that it reported, everybody's saying, you know, can't put a foot wrong. I clearly remember Jim Bailu from Tribeca <laughs> telling me that the on prices. the call. And Adam Dawes from Sean Partner was saying, yeah, I'd buy it anytime. I would buy it if it was under 180. Well, look at that. It's sitting at 173.56. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, well, according to some, that's a pretty good price to get into Macquarie Group. Yeah, and I'm just saying here, City uh, has r- reduced its target price from 190 to 175. So now trading at a little bit of a premium to that just in particular. But yeah, I, I mean, sometimes the devil is in the detail. I think um, ResMed was a great example last week, mm-hmm. right? Of a, yeah. of a company that, you know, the results were results at, were, were reacted to in a kind of a mixed fashion, but over the coming days with a- Gathered suppose, a lot of momentum. It gathered, gathered a lot of momentum. And, and, and again, it sort of changed the story there. So maybe we're seeing that a little bit with, with Macquarie with some of these broker um, downgrades now that, uh, well, I guess the dust has settled a little yeah, bit. Yeah, markets are going to be volatile yeah. and the commodity business has been going so strong. I would note just on City, they did say that ANZ is the pick of the bunch hmm. for the banks for them. Well, sort of a segue into yes. the economic data of today. And that was, of course, the NAB business survey. It was out and you can see 
Like all things considered, pretty strong responses coming from Australian business, particularly when you consider that we're in this hiking environment. We've got so much concern about demand in the broader economy. Um, but if you look at the NAB business survey, I think confidence and conditions actually, well, I know that confidence rose slightly. So picking itself up from, from negativity in the previous month. Yeah, and trading conditions were lower, uh, but still up 20, 20 index points. So uh, makes it, the question remains, doesn't it? What, what, what's going to follow what in terms of, you know, business still seems to be very, very confident, but consumers are obviously absolutely in the doldrums. And I was having a, a chat with my father, who's a small business person over the weekend, mm -hmm. 60th birthday today. Happy birthday, Dad. Ah, but, happy birthday, um, Mr. Doing budgets, yeah, doing budgets going into the new year and saying, oh, we're going to put on heads and, you know, we're pretty optimistic, you know, on the outlook there you know, in terms of business going forward. You know, we can see that things might slow down a little bit, but we're still feeling pretty good. So, I mean, only only one person, but the closest closest person I have to, to a pulse on, on the, on, I guess, business sentiment, if you will. And there seems to be sort of persistent... Do you mind me asking what sector that would be in? Marketing. Oh. Marketing. And I said to him, and this is what I was worried about my father, of course, because he still has uh, kids to feed. But um, I said... Not you. you. Know, not, not me. <laughs> a couple of, cu couple of younger ones. So although you fed me very nicely over the weekend. But um, he sort of said, no, no one seems to be pulling back on their marketing spend yet. Okay. I said, listen, <laughs> just take into consideration a downside scenario, maybe game that out a little bit. But again, forecasting budgets for the next 12 months, uh, businesses that he's talking to, a couple of SpaceX companies as well aren't going to cut back on their marketing spend at least yet. That's what he's been. Yeah. Talking. All right. That's really interesting, and it's yeah. the anecdotal evidence sometimes of that course, is the yeah. most Just interesting. Of course, uh, of all though, uh, business does still say that cost pressures. Yeah are a big concern, a big challenge. And that's one thing I even picked up in the quarterlies coming from the miners over the past couple of weeks is that you would have thought that a lot of that, um, those headwinds in terms of costs would have eased, but not so according to um, according to a lot of businesses. So the measure of costs steadied at a quarterly rate of 1.9%, purchasing costs picking up by 2.3% in this NAB business survey. And tomorrow we get the monthly consumer confidence read from Westpac as well. So, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's really interesting. Now, yeah, it will. what else are we getting tomorrow? It's this thing. It uh, happens every year. Yeah, it's the other half of economic management that's not the RBA. It's fiscal policy. Fiscal policy, the other hand that we talk about sometimes. So we're talking about the $14.6 billion cost of living relief package for four years. And of course, the next question is, isn't this inflationary? <laughs> yeah, well, I, always, I don't want to sort of uh, shoehorn my view in there today, but my view today was uh, sort of providing some commendation or um, uh, my compliments to the government for moving away from this focus on budget surpluses. But one thing's really irked me the last couple of days is this whole notion that this cost of release program will actually bring down inflationary pressures yeah, because there'll be yeah. lower energy bills and things of that nature. A lot of eco economists that I'm listening to are saying, you know, BS, this is politics, basically. Yeah, because people will spend that money elsewhere. That's the argument, right? So, yeah. um, Look, yeah, I'm not saying that there's no room to increase right. some payments, particularly for those that are really suffering, yeah. um, because we know that inflation disproportionately hurts those who have the least. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's the, public, the sales right? pitch yeah, that sort about, of gets you. Don't treat us like it is. Mm. Like Although Jim Chalmers, he's been quite blunt, I think, in talking about the challenges facing yeah. the economy, um, both here at home and globally as well, saying that we're in for a pretty patchy period, yeah. uh, to say the least, period of extremely slow growth, I think he's what he was saying. So look, not long to wait now. I don't think we're going to get any big blockbusters that are a big surprise in this budget. But you know, we're talking about the resource rent taxes and we'll be talking about potential surplus and yeah. and everything else. So that's 7.30 is when the budget 
speech is tomorrow night. And then mm -hmm. we will be having full coverage, obviously, looking at it from all different angles, you know, what sectors may benefit, may, may not, you know, may be burdened. And uh, we'll start by doing that 9.30 a.m. Wednesday morning. So budget budget day after. Can we call it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today's budget eve. Got the budget. We'll do our budget breakfast after that. <laughs>All right, let's do the leaders and laggards now. And well, we do expect there'll be a few lithium names up the top. In fact, it's almost exclusively lithium names and uh, plus Linus. So a very rare earth, a very future looking, perhaps you could say, uh, leaderboard there when it comes to the, the rare earths and the uh, the EV thematic. But up 12%, you spoke about Linus before. And, yeah. Uh, well, Live360 is another one there on the screen, which isn't related to that. Any news there? Buddy? Yeah, well, it's because we're getting the brokers weighing in ahead of its first quarter update, which I believe comes on the 15th. So that's just next week. We've got Bell Potter saying that it should show a return to growth for one of its key metrics. So yeah, it, we're looking at growth in, in paying circles or customers essentially, average revenue. Bell Potter says should be up at about 12% and also says that if Life360's cash flow and adjusted earnings turn positive, ahead of the schedule, which it has already put at April, that you could see a real, you know, you could see real positivity. So if, we, if we've seen this, this, you know, all of these tech companies have had to set these goals, the markets wanted to know when, like the timeline uh, for getting towards um, cash flow and earnings positivity. If it's done so in April, then um, yeah, we'll, we'll likely see a big jump in its share price. And today responded accordingly up by about 8%. Have you ever used the app as well? You've got young no, kids, of course. No, no, I haven't. One of my daughters has a space talk watch mm. and the technology is great and I have no complaints. Problem being, it's been so big on her arm, she has always found it really difficult to wear. So she's really? never really, really gotten into it. So oh, like an ankle bracelet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a homing <laughs> mechanism. Yeah, totally. Prisoner release program. Um, so no, she's never really worn it. And that's just my little anecdote on that space talk technology. But no, okay. Life360, maybe when they're teenagers, it'll be more tempting, but yeah. yeah. Perhaps, okay. <laughs> they're well, pretty close to me now. <laughs> yeah, not far off, it'll come around. Uh, laggards, of course, let's have a look there. And uh, Zero Resources just goes from uh, back to worse it has to be said for yeah. a share price i mean i'd like try and check actually how far it's actually fallen since it was its results but i feel i was on the uh on this very show about a week and a half ago after it reported its quarterly production update and i think the share price was above a buck 30 then so we're looking at more than a 30 percent reward down in in that company so really really weak and you've got something there too yeah well it's interesting to note uh sean partners has a buy rating on the stock just initiated coverage Ooh, with a value. buy rating um Share price target one dollar forty. So quite a quite a lot of blue sky from there. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, maybe we'll ask the guys at Sean Partners about that one next time we speak. Well, tomorrow perhaps because oh. we'll have Martin Crab. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we will yeah, on this his, very program. We'll write it down on the desk today. Um, the gold miner suffered today. Uh, <laughs> risk on. And no big surprise. Off, yes. Uh, still, obviously, one of the best performers for the year in terms of the ASX 200 or ASX All Ordinaries Gold Index. Take a little bit of a look at that quickly, if uh, if I may. Just give me two secs. Uh, yeah, remains up by 30% for the year. But mm. uh, there you go. A little bit of a pullback in the gold space today with risk on. So that's the small to mid cap space. Look, don't know a lot of the stories behind this, but uh, those are pretty chunky gains. And then we've got MedAdvisor. So it was out with its quarterly week before last. It had some good solid gains last week. So it just looks like it's giving some of that back up. 
Indeed. And uh, well, I suppose it will be just counting down to that uh, budget. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, um, I haven't actually had a look at the US corporate calendar or too much of that, but I did, yeah. it's kind of starting to peter off a little bit. I think Walt Disney's the one that's caught my eye this week, mostly just the streaming wars and, and, yep. and everything like that, as well as the amusement park just Yeah, we had that like reopening sort of thematic going on with Disney as well. Yeah, yeah, it was you know big, just a big company in, in general, but it's actually a couple of bank holidays in, in Europe too. UK? To, to UK, of course. Big and, holiday uh, there over the weekend. Oh my goodness. Yes. What pomp did you see that? Carriage, the golden carriage. The, the, they, I think it was the, King George's or something oh like that. Oh my god! Yeah, there was one carriage that was built in Australia. They said in 2012. I can never figure out which one it is, but I just. It was like a Disney movie on steroids. Watching all mm. of those uh, carriages come for the coronation. Um, I'm not overly familiar with this, but the Centex Investor Confidence Survey coming out in the Eurozone. Industrial production in Germany is expected to have waned, I do believe, in the month of March. Yes, and then, uh, as we said before, Westpac Consumer Sentiment Survey and uh, retail sales will also be out tomorrow too, which will be interesting, but it's uh, no bigger than that federal budget release. And, well, I mean... Things will be coloured, of course, too, by that CBA quarterly. We won't get all the information mm-hmm. we need by the bank, but enough, you would think, to tell us what we need to know about where the, uh, the the share price ought to be heading. It'll sort of round out the story coming from the bank. So thank you, CBA, for releasing that. But it gives us something to compare and contrast. And of course, all of these big bankers have said that the times they are going to get tougher in terms of NIM. Uh, still very, very strong competition in the mortgage space. So I'll be talking to, yeah, likely um, Alex Pakoulis. He'll be joining from Harper's Bernays tomorrow. We'll be speaking with Chris Weston at Pepperstone to take mm-hmm. a pulse check of what happens on overnight markets. Um, look, David Lane from Ords is always good for a few few um, stock, stock picks, picks or stock recommendations, we should say. So yeah, it'll be a good day tomorrow. And of course, all leading up to the budget. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get a preview on that. And um, well, we also have another virtual event that we have coming up. I'm pretty excited about this one. This is uh, only the second time we've said this publicly, but we are hosting an investor event in partnership with the team at Market Matters. And it's all about FY24. Are you ready for it? I don't know. I, I feel like I... I'd like to be so to do so. I will be registering. And when you register, it means you can watch live. And that's on the 18th of May at 1130. Or you can catch up with it when you like. So these are some of our favorites. I hate to, I uh, don't want to. They're, they're some of our regular money managers talking high conviction calls. And of course, you know, who knows what this this financial year will bring. You know, it's potentially going to be really volatile. Absolutely. So you can go to osbiz.co forward slash ready uh, to register and you can catch up on that after the event. So if you uh, can't make it at 11.30 a.m. on the 18th of May when uh, that will go live with our favorite slash frequent slash whatever you would like to, to I just to feel bad saying favorite because I, I genuinely like yeah. I think we've, we're so blessed um, in yeah. the experts that we have come to see us on Osbiz so I do hope you enjoy them as well <laughs> um, okay so uh, market finished higher significantly putting on yeah close to nine tenths of a percent we're watching the sterling right now sitting at 11 month highs the Aussie dollar up half a percent to a three week high I continually am having these conversations about how the Aussie dollar just looks like it might be able to break out of the range it's been stuck in. And and uh, Patrick Edquivel from Ebre, you know, saying he's exciting. It's exciting to trade the Aussie these days. So, yeah, um, we'll be keeping our eye on all of that through the overnight. 
Absolutely. And uh, well, we'll pick things up tomorrow mm-hmm. morning, but uh, you can catch up on all the views and interviews today on the website and app. What are your friend, Dean? Call it for another day? We will call it for another day. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. So Robert, tell the people... What's a pretend Indian? It's just what it sounds like, Angel. A pretend Indian. Someone who fakes being one of us. Someone who impersonates a native. We're talking about real scammers and con artists. There are pretendians teaching at universities, pretendians running governments, pretendians in Hollywood. On our new podcast, Pretendians, we'll tell you the incredible story of these jaw-dropping frauds. Who are they? Why do they do it? And how the heck do they keep getting away with it? Listen to Pretendians on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.